2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let me read a few verses to you here. And then I'm going to read this from the New American Bible. The revised edition reads like this, starting in verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and God of all encouragement. He's the God of encouragement. Who encourages us in our every affliction so that we may be able to encourage those who are in any affliction with the encouragement with which we ourselves are encouraged by God. For as Christ's sufferings overflow to us, so through Christ does our encouragement also overflow. If we are afflicted, it is for your encouragement and salvation. If we are encouraged, it is for your encouragement, which enables you to endure the same sufferings that we suffer. It's encouragement, he said, that enables you to endure. It's the encouragement that enables you to keep going. It's the courage to carry on. Now, how many times in just a few verses did he talk about encouragement? The God of all encouragement who encourages us. Why? So we can encourage you. And we can encourage you with the same encouragement that he used to encourage us. And as sufferings overflow, that's okay. Encouragement overflows. And if we're suffering, it's for your encouragement. And if we're encouraged, it's also for your encouragement. So that you, when you're under pressure, can keep going. You can be encouraged to carry on. Is there a theme here? Absolutely. The courage to carry on. Now, here's the question I want to ask and answer this morning. Since every one of us are going to come to this place in our lives, whether we're at it now or tomorrow or in the days to come, well, we're going to have to have this courage. If we are going to be established in our faith and if we're going to come to the end of our lives and say, like Paul, I have finished my race, I have run my course and I have kept my faith. In other words, I didn't let it get stolen from me. I wasn't robbed of my faith. I held on to it all the way to the end. I'm telling you, at some point, you're going to need some encouragement. Every one of us need encouragement. So here's the question. Where do we get it? Where do we get it? Now, here's what I've discovered this week that so ministered to me. When Paul was writing to the Thessalonians and he talked about sending Timothy for the purpose of establishing and encouraging them, I looked up the word encourage and it's the word parakaleo, the Greek word parakaleo. And the word itself, this is what's so cool. I want this word to paint a picture for you. The word literally means to call alongside to call near, to call to one side for the purpose of comforting. And actually other translations use the word comfort. Paul said, I'm, I'm sending him to establish you in your faith and to comfort you in your faith. Parakaleo, to call to one side. Isn't that a picture of what he did here? I'm sending Timothy. This is not a Hallmark, I was thinking of you card. This is not a gift basket full of snacks and an edible fruit arrangement. He sent a human being, a flesh and blood person to their side. I'm sending him to you. I'm calling him to your side with the purpose of establishing you and encouraging you in your faith. But what's so cool about this, that Greek word parakaleo, it's the exact same word used to talk about the Holy Spirit. 
When Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 15, and 16, he said, I'm sending you another helper. Some translations say, I'm sending you another comforter. It's the word paraclete or parakaleo. The Holy Spirit, is he not the one called alongside to help, to stand by you, to intercede, to be your advocate, to be your strengthener, to be your comforter, to be your encourager? Where are we going to get this encouragement? Well, he's the God of all encouragement. And when Jesus was saying this to his disciples in John 14, 15, 16, you got to go back and read it because from this point of history, looking back, it's pretty funny. I got to imagine standing there then it wasn't funny at all because Jesus is telling these guys, I'm leaving. And they did not take it well. They started crying. That's why Jesus had to say to them in John 14, verse one, let not your heart be troubled. Study it for yourself. It actually, he actually said, stop it. Stop letting your heart be troubled. And that's when he began to talk to them. I'm going away. And if I go away, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there's many mansions. If it were not so, I would not, I wouldn't have told you, but it is so. And I am going. And you know what they said? Why are you going? Don't go, don't go, don't go. And it was in that same chapter that he began to talk to them about the helper, the paraclete, the parakaleo, the one called alongside, the comforter. And we've called the Holy Spirit the comforter, but do you know that we could just as easily call him the encourager? That's his name. That's his name. And really those two things work together. If it's real comfort, if somebody has really come to comfort you, do you know what you get from that? Encouragement. See, we've thought of comfort as, you know, just a, a hand around the shoulder and, and you're sad, so I'll be sad. And, and th real comfort has some encouragement in it. The Holy Spirit is, yes, he's the helper. Yes, he's the comforter. He's the encourager. I said, he's the encourager. And this is why Jesus had to say to them, I've told you I'm leaving and sorrow has filled your heart. But it was in the same breath that he said, you know what, guys, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go, the encourager won't come. But if I do go, I can send the encourager to you. Do you know that right now where you sit at this very moment, you've got encouragement on the inside of you? You've got living, breathing, ever ready encouragement there anytime you need it. This is his whole job, man. The Holy Ghost has a job description. You want to know what it is? To encourage you, to speak courage into you, to encourage you, keep going, carry on. Amen. The Holy Spirit, where do we get the kind of courage we need to carry on? Well, he's the God of all courage or the God of all encouragement who's given us the, not a, the encourager. We've got the encourager living on the inside of us. Where else do we get this encouragement? This one might come as a surprise to you. From yourself. From yourself. Now this is in connection to the encourager living in you, but there are times when you have got to be the source of your encouragement. There was a time in the Old Testament where David and his mighty men went to fight the enemy 
And when they came home to Ziklag, they found that their town and their homes had been burned, their wives and their children all taken captive. And man, it looked like everything was gone and lost. And the Bible says that David and his, man, his men began to weep until they could weep no more. You ever cried that hard? Have you ever cried so hard and so long that you just ran out of tears? This is how these men, these mighty men of valor and battle are crying and weeping. And they got so discouraged. They were so beside themselves, depressed, that the Bible says they actually sought to stone David. And this is what happens when people get this defeated. They're looking for somebody to blame. They're looking for, for a place to shift the blame to. And oftentimes it goes right to the leader. But you know what David did? He got alone by himself and the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the encourager. But church, listen to me. There are times in our lives when you've got to grab your own self by your own ear, drag yourself out of bed, get up out of that room, turn on some lights, open the shades, look in the mirror and say, you are not going to fail. You are not going to fall. You are not defeated. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. What are you doing? Encouraging yourself in the Lord. Sometimes you got to be the one that puts the fuel in the tank. You got to be the one that gets some courage stirred up on the inside of you. And I don't care if you got to stand there looking in that mirror and stretch your hands to the guy looking at the mirror and say, courage be strength be. Anybody ever stood there before? where you have had to encourage yourself in the Lord. Why would you have to encourage yourself? Because everybody in your life's about to stone you. Because <laughs> everybody in your life or your family or where you work, they have got rock in hand, man, and they are looking for somebody to blame. But instead of locking yourself away, hiding yourself away because the pressure's too much, and instead of taking a, a step off of one road and onto the other, Get in there and start encouraging yourself in the Lord. This is why we tell you to read your chapter every single day. This is like pouring fuel into the tank. This is where you get the courage to carry on. So where do we get the kind of courage we need? When we stand at these crossroads under pressure, do I continue on in faith? Do I back off in fear? Hmm? Where do we get this courage? Well, number one, the encourager. The Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. We've got to learn to look inside, which means we're not looking to the outside. We're not looking to things that we can see. We're not looking to circumstances to change before we get some courage. We're not looking for things on the outside to, to look good so that we can be encouraged. We're looking on the inside. We are God inside minded, looking to the encourager himself, to Encourage to strengthen. Where else do we get this courage? We look to ourselves. Now, I'm not saying you're the source of it. This is in connection to the encourager living in you, but you're going to have to give voice to it. 
you're going to have to stir it up on the inside. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, stir up the gift that's in you. That word stir up, it's the Greek word anazopereo. It literally means to put fuel on the fire, to stir up the fire. He said, Timothy, you're letting your fire go out, boy. Come on, stir it up. Stir up some fire about you. Stir up some passion. Stir up some zeal. Why do we have to be told that? Because it's so easy to let it go out. Have you noticed that, that, a, that a high pitch excitement and passion and zeal and fervor can be hard to maintain? Man, you get excited about something and it can be hard to live that excited about it for a long time. Day one, you might be excited. You remember day one of falling in love? Oh, baby, I do. Woo! I met Sarah Hart Wednesday night, March 7, 2007 in Branson, Missouri. I came home to Fort Worth, Texas and walked into my best friend's house and I walked straight into his living room and said, I'm in love, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. Passion, excitement, zeal. But how many people over the years, you know, you let that flame go out or, or maybe it's an excitement for a new endeavor, a job or, or even a ministry. But it's easy to let passion die out. It's easy to let excitement go away. What do you do when it does? Stir it up. Stir it up. Put some fuel on the fire. Stir it up. Encourage yourself in the Lord. But then finally, I want to give you one more place that we get this courage from. We get it from the encourager living inside of us. We get it from our own words of faith, staring ourselves in the mirror. You know where else we get encouragement and the courage to carry on? Look around you. From each other. And this is what I wanted to say to you this morning. You and I are a channel, are supposed to be a channel of constant encouragement to each other. I don't think we know it. How many times a day we come across somebody who's about to give up. You stand face to face with somebody who's just inches away from quitting, throwing in the towel, either quitting a marriage or quitting a job or quitting a church or quitting God himself. And people, they've developed a way of hiding it. They dress it up. And they present this got-it-all-togetherness. But a, a spiritually perceptive person, even if you don't look into it and know all the details about what's going on, a spiritually perceptive person, a person with an open heart to God, a willing vessel, will let the encourager speak through them. And if you're sensitive to it, just a word of encouragement can put just enough gas in the tank that somebody, instead of quitting, they carry on. What did he say? He said, the God of all encouragement has encouraged us so that we can encourage you. This is our calling, church. This is what we're called and created to do and to be for each other. Christians should be the most encouraged and the most encouraging 
people on the planet. Being an encourager is some of the best evidence of being full of the Holy Spirit and being full of faith. I grew up in Texas and it was almost customary. As a child, you learned to sing the song, Home, Home on the Range. What does the verse of that song say? Where never is heard. Or I think they say it where seldom is heard a discouraging word. Well, I'm declaring it over you and over this church. Legacy Church, where never is heard a discouraging word. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, which we'll get to in this week in our Bible reading, verse 11, he says, encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. That's the New Living Translation. You're familiar with other translations that says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Why? I mean, we've got technology now. Anyone in this room could have stayed in bed all day long and you could have joined us online. And we have an awesome online congregation. I know we've got people watching this morning from Canada. We've got people watching from South Africa. We get comments from people from Nepal. We get people joining us from all over the place. But as a local body, I mean, here you are in our area. You could have stayed home. But you know, you, you know what you can't do from home? Encourage somebody else. That's what you can do. You could have heard the word. Yeah. And that's a good thing. You could have heard the word. You could have joined us in worship. You could have even given. We've got lots of ways to, to give online. But what you couldn't do that you can only do when you assemble together is look somebody in the eye and say, you know what? You're going to make it. It's okay. Look somebody else and, and look at them and speak into their heart and say, everything in God is going to be all right. I want to encourage you today. You don't get that opportunity do you? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together so that when you get together, you can encourage each other. Um, thank you, Lord. Go to the book of, well, you've got your Bible under your chair. In the book of Acts. <laughs> Listen to this from uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 36. I'll read this to you from the Passion Translation. Acts 4, 36 and 37. Do we have that, guys? Passion, there it is. It says, for example, there was a Levite from Cyprus named Joseph who sold his farmland and placed the proceeds at the feet of the apostles. And they nicknamed him Barnabas or encourager. New King James and other translations say son of encouragement. A lot of people get nicknames that are derivative, derivatives of their actual name. You know, Jeremy, sometimes I get called Jer, something like that. Sarah calls me Jay. How'd they get from Joseph to Barnabas? <laughs> well, the, the word Barnabas literally means son of encouragement. They nicknamed this guy the encourager. Now, where did he get that nickname? Well, look at what the verse said. 
he had this plot of land. And the Spirit of God moved on him and other people in the church at that time. He went and sold it and brought all the money from it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Evidently, it encouraged them. Our giving, our giving is a way we encourage each other. And I'm not just talking about what you do in the offerings. I will tell you, as you've sown into the church, it has been a big encouragement. It's a huge encouragement to Sarah, to I, to our team, to everything the Lord's called us to do. But church, there ought to be money flying all over this place. And I'm not just talking about into buckets. I'm talking about in the parking lot. I'm talking about in the lobby, in the hallway. I wouldn't care if money was getting passed down the road during service. Just people encouraging each other, encouraging each other, encouraging each other. And you never know when the Lord says to you, you know that, that $20 bill you got just hanging out in your wallet? Yeah. I want you to take it and go put it in their hand. Why? Doesn't sound like a lot. You don't know. I said, you don't know what kind of encouragement that can be to somebody else. What they're believing God for, what they're trusting God for. Our giving is an encouragement. This guy got nicknamed son of encouragement. And you read about him again later in the book of Acts chapter 11. It says the hand of the Lord was with them. A great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem and they sent out Barnabas. They sent out the encourager to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them. That shouldn't come as a surprise. What did the encourager do when he showed up? He just started encouraging people. He encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue. They should carry on. What does encouragement do? It puts strength in you to keep going. He encouraged them that they should continue with the Lord for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith and a great many people were added to the Lord. One of the biggest evidences that somebody is full of the Holy Spirit is they are constantly encouraging, constantly encouraging. I don't know what it got to with this guy Barnabas, but he evidently got such a reputation that they completely changed his identity. And there's probably a couple of people standing in the church talking and Barnabas comes walking. They're like, watch this. I bet you five bucks he encourages you. Just watch. Just, just, just watch. Barnabas walks up. Hey, everybody. How you? Oh, man, you're looking good today. You're looking fit. You're looking strong. You're working out. You sure look like you're working out. Encouragement. You owe me five bucks. <laughs> but think about that. That sounds silly, right? You're working out. Has anybody ever said to you, hey, you're looking good. You're working out. Just that one little word, especially if you have been, what's that make you want to do? Run straight back to the gym. Somebody said I'm looking good. It's encouragement to carry on. Encouragement to keep going. I believe I'm looking this morning at sons and daughters of encouragement. There are people in your church family sitting next to you down the row that need some encouragement. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. 
from there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.